from WGBH in Boston. This is The Scrum. I'm Adam Riley. Each week on The Scrum, we talk about media and politics from Beacon Hill to the Beltway. It's Wednesday, December 17th, and this week we are back in studio here at WGBH News. I am here with Peter Kadzis. Peter, hello. Hey, Adam. Peter, as many of you know, is the senior editor of WGBHnews.org. Mara Dolan is also here. Hello, Mara. Hi, Adam. Mara Hi, Mara. Hi, Peter. <laughs> oh, sorry for stepping on you, too. Mara is a political analyst and the host of The Mara Dolan Show yes. on WCAP. Which, which, by the way, have you ever been asked to be on The Mara Never. Dolan Show? No. You know, no I haven't either. I'm sure. I would love to have you on The it's Mara Dolan Show. It's an oversight, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, right. I just didn't okay. want to step on any toes, but any administrative assistance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our facilities are not nearly as deluxe as these. <laughs> uh, yes. Mara, you have heard, as you talk to various Democratic eminences here in Massachusetts, yes. that there is abiding resentment of the Democrats who, during the run for governor or the campaign for governor, came out and endorsed Charlie Baker, breaking ranks with their own party, and that there may be steps taken to try to impose sanctions on people who do this in the future, right? Smoke is coming out of ears. I mean, people are really uh, upset about this. And the Republicans had to deal with this, too. There were Republicans who supported Democrats, William Weld, um, and these people have been reprimanded. Oh, right. The, what I not have, Martha Coakley, not we Martha, should say, right, but, right. but who was the, uh, uh, the state? Uh, him. him. Everyone knows that guy we're talking right. about. Well, we don't need to. But in, in Massachusetts, though, there were Democratic mayors who uh, endorsed Charlie Baker. That falls outside the purview of the state committee. But there were legislators, uh, David Nangle in Lowell, Ed Coppinger in West Roxbury, who endorsed Charlie Baker. And it's interesting because if you look at the endorsements, the language that they use is is somewhat vague. They talk about management and, you know, moving forward toward the right future. There weren't specific ideological or platform issues that they were talking about. So, By the uh, way, just to jump in, Jay yeah. Ash, uh, my recollection from yes. Chelsea, who's now a member of Charlie Baker's administration, yes. um, I don't think he explicitly endorsed Baker, right? Mm-hmm. But he said nice things about Baker. Right. In, in at least in a public well, appearance you know, with Baker, but Peter is looking what shocked is this? and disgusted. What, what, what is this? Castro's Cuba? <laughs> we have one party rule. I mean, my yeah, God, no. the president is just you know establishing diplomatic relations with Castro. Is it so bad if uh, Representative Coppinger you know goes for Charlie Baker? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, the the Republicans are almost the cults. They're eccentrics around here. You know, they're almost if if they were. Bur- Birds, they'd be on an endangered species yeah, but, list. Yeah but, yeah, but I'll tell you, I mean, when Charlie Baker went to the Republican Governors Association meeting. In secret. In secret. And I have some thoughts about that. But um, he said he specifically thanked the Republican Governors Association. They spent 10 times as much as the Democratic Governors Association spent on Martha Coakley. Which and, you could argue reflects more poorly on the Democratic Governors Association than it does on the RJ. But Yes, you could certainly make that argument, and I think it's a good one. Uh, But he also said the Democrats who supported him. Charlie Baker himself said that Democrats endorsing him made a difference in the race. So uh, the overwhelming agreement is that there needs to be uh, something done so that this doesn't happen again. You have to consider it's, it's not quite so much Castro's Cuba, though your point is a good one. But Democrats are elected with the aid of the Democratic Party. They give them resources. They give them boots on the ground. They pay for mailings. So it's biting the hand that feeds you. Um, And that's just not cricket. But 
Uh, wow, that was a, a very sort of upper crusty Downton Abbey-ish. <laughs> well, this um, is WGBH. You, for, for, for listeners who may not be as, as cultured as some other listeners, what yes. do you mean that's just not cricket? Well, it's, as, <laughs> it simply isn't done. I mean, it's just... <laughs> You just I don't, don't know. do that. I always you don't thought, turn around. Come on. Somebody helps you out. Politics is on like the badger they're, No, they're there for you. They are there for you. They are holding signs for you in the rain. They're knocking on doors in the cold. They're putting their heart and soul. They're giving up their Saturdays, their time with their families to elect you. And then you turn around and endorse Charlie Baker, and he sure. wins and says he's Pray, one of the reasons right, why. So, Mar- now badger baiting. So, Peter, explain the badger baiting yeah. analogy, please. Okay. Oh, you know, you badgers I have no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, and you, know, you get it to come out of the hole and you yeah. smack it on the head with a shovel? Yeah, right? or a baseball bat, or, or if you're a Republican, a golf club. So how, <laughs> how does that apply to, uh, say, Ed Coppinger endorsing Charlie Baker? Well, how, why does that I, call I, to mind I would, I, I would say that you know, politics is a bruising game. Right um, now it's Mara's turn to look disgusted. Why are you disgusted with well, Peter? Well, I'm just reminded, it was just the 75th anniversary of the premiere of Gone with the Wind, and there's a scene where Scarlett O'Hara has gone into the lumber business, and she's doing business with the Yankees. And Melanie says, but they stole from us. They burned our houses. They they took our land. And Scarlett O'Hara doesn't care. She's doing business with the Yankees. Like I said, it's this kind of is like doing business with the Yankees. The it's like rooting for the Yankees. You're trying to the make the Republicans seem <laughs> as if they're a vital force in Massachusetts. They're they're barely alive and breathing. Charlie Baker had He's to pretend not to be a Republican in order to be elected. That's and that's in that's how Massachusetts likes their Republicans. They like the fact that you know Charlie Baker's probably somewhat ashamed to be a Republican as opposed to the Democrats who are proud to be you, you, you know swashbuckling Democrats and who have gotten fat and comfortable on Beacon Hill. All right, a couple quick questions. Yes. Mara, what kind of sanctions are we talking about here? What could be done to Democrats? I don't know like if this? this would actually Apostates, happen, but they do have the, the the Democratic Party does have the authority to change the rules so that if someone who is elected to the legislator legislature as a Democrat turns around and then endorses a Republican, they could lose the ability to run again as a Democrat. They could run as an independent, but they couldn't run as a Democrat. It's like if you're on the state committee, you can vote for whoever you like, but you can't put a lawn sign for a Republican on your front lawn. And is this just sort of grumpy chatter, uh, you know, people making themselves feel better by venting their spleen after a close loss, or do you think this is really going to happen? I think that's I, that would be a lot, but something, there's a general agreement that something needs to happen. What that is, I don't know. Make the meat raw smelts or something. <laughs> that would stop me. Sushi. That's sushi. It, it, Make the meat sushi, says Peter it, it, It's like I said, this isn't Cuba. <laughs> and it just smacks to me of, of you know, the, the sort of one-party rule. If the, if, if the Republicans were a viable statewide force, the Republicans weren't. Charlie Baker was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, uh, I don't know. I think you'd make Ed Carpenter's career if they tried to. Uh, it would make him electable for life. Hero. All right, now, guys, we're actually going to call yeah. David Bernstein oh, in about yay. 15 seconds. But before okay. we leave this, and I know I've lingered on it a little too long, mm. maybe, but Mara, when we were talking about this uh, resentment before you came in to do the podcast, mm-hmm. you mentioned that uh, people believe that these Democrats who, who cross party lines mm-hmm. to back Baker, that they mm-hmm. did it uh, for opportunistic reasons. That's what I've heard, right? that, that the general view is that it was it was not based on ideology. It was based on opportunity in right. the sense that, that, you know, Charlie Baker was offering them a better deal. And that may very well be true. Wait, what do you mean offering a better deal? Like some kind of quid pro quo for their endorsements? Fried yeah. smelts as opposed to raw. <laughs> 
You know, I don't know. I don't have any specifics. Right, now, what about the yeah. possibility that they just sized up Martha Coakley and Charlie Baker and mm-hmm. thought, in fact, Charlie Baker is going to be a superior manager of the state? He's going to be better than Martha Coakley would be. You don't think there could be sort of genuine conviction that led to this? Um, you know, I think that it may have been more of an anti-Martha Coakley sentiment than a, and, and Charlie Baker's not so bad. And, you know, maybe Charlie Baker will be a good governor. I mean, there are a lot of people who think that Charlie Baker will be a perfectly good governor. There are Democrats who think that, too. So hopefully that will turn out to be true. All right. Let's leave that alone and see if we can get David Bernstein, who is, uh, apropos of your Gone with the Wind reference. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Contacting us from uh, deep in the former Confederacy. David, are you there? <laughs> I am. <laughs> How are you doing, Adam? Is the South rising again? The, the South is, is sunny and uh, 50-something nice. degrees. Tell our listeners, who I expect have missed you a great deal, how the adjustment to life in Richmond has been. Uh, it's, it's been good. You know, I, I'm still, uh, as people who follow me on Twitter uh, probably have noticed, I still am keeping close tabs on what's happening up there uh, in Boston. Uh, I'm still doing stuff for you guys there at WTBH. I don't know. Uh, I, th- I think since you've gone, the political establishment is getting away with murder. <laughs> I mean, well, I'd pick up that, that tweeting phase. Well, and I'll tell you, Twitter is kind of falling apart without you, David. <laughs> well, it's not well, nearly uh, as snappy I, as it I, used to be. I, I will also say, by the way, that uh, it's one of the things about being down here uh, in Virginia is that I can go to any of these things that, that go on in the D.C. area, a lot of conferences and gatherings and so forth. You know, plus, I can keep a little eye on Senator Warren. And uh, I was and, just going to ask and, you, you know, on the neighborhood level where, where you live in Virginia, how, if at all, is Warren portrayed? She has become a significant political celebrity, you know, uh, and I think that, that the buzz about her potential uh, running for president, as, as silly as it may seem, to some, uh, I think that is helping to boost that. But also, I think that outside of Massachusetts, she is now seen, seems to me, in places like where I am now, she's seen as a major political celebrity. I don't know that that, that necessarily means that they have strong, deep opinions uh, about her. But, you know, in the same sense that people know who Mark Rubio is or, uh, or Jeb Bush, they know who she is and what her brand is. She's very well branded outside of the state of Massachusetts. So, David Bernstein, as you know, we are asking Scrum listeners to send us their 2015 Massachusetts politics resolutions. You can make a resolution on behalf of yourself, on behalf of someone else. I have no resolution for myself, because as far as I know, I'm doing everything right. Um, <laughs> but but any, Scrum listeners can, can chime in with any disagreement on that, you know. They have resolutions for me. So, um, so I'm I, hoping if you haven't prepared one for yourself because you're doing everything perfectly, you have one for someone else? Well, I have, uh, first of all, for all of the folks in power, whether we're talking about uh, Marty Walsh, Charlie Baker, Dan Rosenberg, Bob DeLeo, and everybody else, my, my number one re- resolution for them that I think they should adopt is every day remind yourself throughout the day to treat the press and the public at large, but particularly the press as their representatives, like people who not only have a right to know, but should know what their government is actually doing. And that's, that's a, a mindset that you don't have during campaign season, because you're, you know, you, it's very much about trying to message and all that. Much too often, especially uh, in Massachusetts, we've seen that it's a hunker down, it's a, the press 
can only have what we want them to know, and we have to spin them on this. Try to remember that they should know what their government is doing. We actually hold that thought for just one second because Mara Dolan was nodding her head appreciatively like she was hearing sweet, sweet music. Peter (laughs) Kadzis was looking a little dyspeptic. Quick reactions to David's New Year's uh, resolution. I'm wondering if David has become a Jew for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Can I not be a little optimistic or at least ask them to to take that attitude that, that the press is not there, and the public at large is not there to, to somehow injure them. You know, this whole uh, bunker mentality that, that these uh, offices get of what can, we, what can we decide to tell them? How can we stop them from finding things out? Can't we at least hope that they take a different attitude? Mara, yes, Mara absolutely. <laughs> right on. You're, you're right, right. And you have something else, David? Well, I was going to say specifically for Charlie Baker, be upfront with the public about the budget in the same way that you would if you were presenting it and talking about it to a board of directors who you're who you answer to. A couple of other pieces of advice that uh, or resolutions that I would that I would ask for, uh, Bob Leo, um, I would like to see him at this point use his political capital that he has and his political power. Peter has mentioned in the past that Bob Leo essentially comes in as perhaps the most powerful man uh, in the state coming in the next year. What is he going to do with that? Don't let yourself be like Menino, I think, did, where where he spent so much of his power and capital maintaining his power and capital that he may have regretted not getting certain things accomplished in the time that he had. And, And similarly, I would say to Stan Rosenberg that his resolution should be to make the fights that he chooses to take on count. Do those make sense? What do you think of those? Well, on to argue with. Like I said, it's. I guess he's changing his middle name to Mandela. <laughs> Uh, David, thank you for for those uh, three, four. I, I lost track actually at a certain point, but they all sound really good. Are I applaud. You... I don't scoff. All right, stay with us for one second because I want to get Mara and Peter's resolutions. Mara, you have anything have. for us? I have a resolution for Charlie Baker. My resolution for Charlie Baker is that he fulfill all the promise that he shows that he go forth and he is actually a really good governor and he does work across the aisle and he comes up with solutions that work for people, the people that he cares about. And then when he goes to the Republican Governors Association, he does it openly. He's upfront about it. We all know he's going and he takes his successes in Massachusetts and he shares them with the Republican Governors Association and he leads the party. Peter, you like it? Again, how can I? <laughs> what's not to like? What's not to like? David, uh, similarly aspirational to yours, you think? It's, David's uh, going to like mine. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a resolution. I'm there. I was clenching my fists while he was talking about he was. Speaker DeLeo. I thought he was going to, you know, steal my idea. But I have um, a resolution for Speaker DeLeo, and that's that he pledged to within the first 10 days of the new legislature to enact Treasurer Goldberg's idea to have a state budget office. This would be, I think, a really seemingly dry but far-reaching reform of the the screwed-up and dysfunctional way that Beacon Hill functions. So, Peter Kansas, what would that do concretely if the Speaker did embrace that? What it would do is, you know, within a year or so, things like this Fakakta 
budget shortfall would be projected mm. year. Wait, what was that word? Fakakta. That, that bread that people eat? <laughs> no. Fakakta? Yeah, yeah. That'll send You're not people familiar to... with the term? Yeah, no, David. No, no, no. You know, they, they, these people talk about diversity, David, but they're not diverse. <laughs> All right, so no more fakakta budget shortfalls, or yeah, is that they, the they right would be, usage? Yeah, they, 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 they well, David. Well, they, am I using it properly? Absolutely. Thank I, I, you. Yeah, yeah. In other words, did say correct usage. Well, well, they, they, yeah, in the fact, the budget in, office in Minnesota, would Minnesota, where you grew up, that speak, you know. Fakakta spelling, Fakakta computer. What it's are... Yiddish. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, I grew up in St. Gregory's Parish, and I... I want you to know that I actually, I actually had schmaltz the other day. Oh, <laughs> so schmaltz. That's well, worth it. It was quite tasty. I cooked my eggs in it. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, anyway, <laughs> what it would do is that the, the budget passes, you know, but 12 months previous, and the, the gnomes at the state budget office say, hey, guys, we don't have enough money for this. We're going to, you know, if taxes come in at level X, we're going to have a shortfall of level Y. Uh, okay. I mean, it, it, it brings transparency. It would make Beacon Hill work something like Capitol Hill, where the Congressional Budget Office is maybe the only respected arm of Congress. Um, now, what do you think the odds of Speaker DeLeo taking my suggestion would be? What do you think, David? Mara? Um Slim, but uh, but I also want to point out that uh, that one of the big questions uh, going into the start of the the next session for Bob DeLeo is whether he will try in the rule when when they set the new Ooh, rule. I see what's yeah, coming. Yeah. Whether, ahead, whether he will attempt to extend his speakership, which mm. right now he's in the final couple of years in because of term limits. As you know, I have said before that um, I have reason to believe that. That he has been planning to. Uh, of course, you've also be... called for the abolition of the House of Representatives. <laughs> well, I have also called Just... for that. Yes. <laughs> Who has? Which may not be anything. He wouldn't necessarily but... have to do it at the beginning of this session. He could do it at the start of the session two years from now because he would still be. Uh, it, it, it's a little complicated, but but he could try to do it now just to get it done. Uh, he might think that this is the right time politically to do it. So if he's going to do that, that would be where his political capital goes for the start of the session. All right. Well, my resolution, I guess, as is my want, is less sophisticated and substantive than the ones that you guys have provided. It's very simple. Uh, and in, in large measure, Peter, this is a, a gesture to you. My resolution is to not discuss anymore the possibility of a Warren run for the presidency oh. until Elizabeth Warren has actually said she is seeking the presidency. We'll see if I pull it off, but that's what I'm going to try to do. That, 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 that sounds like a bit of sophistry, but... Wait, what? No, I What are you talking I, about, sophistry? I, I, what you, I, wait, I, hold, hold on, hold on. I want Kansas to... Well, oh, go ahead, go ahead, uh, David. No, I, I just think that you're just trying to free up more time to talk about a possible Mitt Romney run for presidency. <laughs> that's, that's what you're really trying to do. David, I think you've uh, hit the nail on the head. <laughs> By the way, uh, we do, in fact, have a 2015 resolution from the governor-elect himself, Charlie wow. Baker. So let's take a listen to what Charlie Baker has in mind for 2015. This is Charlie Baker. My New Year's resolution is to visit my son Charlie in Virginia with my wife, to go see more of my son AJ's football games at Union next year, to visit my daughter at wherever it is she decides to go to college next fall, and to spend at least... 90 minutes of uninterrupted time when we're both awake with my bride 
during 2015, despite everything else that's going on, and make sure at least once a month I have dinner with my dad. Those are my New Year's resolutions, and I plan to keep them. I want to say thanks for you guys. Love the, love the scrum, and Happy New Year. Well, hard to argue with those. I mean, David's not the only one barking for Mandela them. I mean... <laughs> No, that's all. That's all. I think pretty, pretty commendable. Well, and also, this is Charlie Baker talked uh, when he was campaigning about how hard it was for him when he was running Harvard Pilgrim that he didn't spend time with his family. So it's obviously he's thinking as he becomes, as he gets ready to become governor, realizing that what his time constraints will be and making commitment that he'll be there for his family. And I got to say, in all seriousness, you know, Peter made the sort of gentle joke about Mandela, but. It is something you realize as you get older, uh, I speak from firsthand experience, that allocating that time that you want to spend with loved ones is frequently a lot harder than you think it's going to be. No, I mean, I, I would agree with that. It, it's an important part of being a member of a family is just being there. Almost doesn't matter what you do. It's just if you're there. And, you know, Duval Patrick uh, you know, made sure to set aside date nights. Uh, while he was governor, and I think it's an important thing to do. Before we wrap up today, Mara Dolan, where can people hear the Mara Dolan show? Oh, they can hear me on WCAP, the voice of the valley. It's Uh, 980 a.m. 980 a.m. And how uh, well does that signal travel? It travels pretty well, um, especially at night. But unfortunately, my show is on from 10 to 11 a.m. on Mondays. 10 to 11 a.m. on Mondays. Can you stream it? You can stream it, yes. And And tune in. And so how would someone stream your show? It's 980wcap.com. Is there an app? Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. That's all right. We're kind of rickety. Old We're a small school. station, yeah. All right. Mara Dolan, thank you <laughs> for joining us. Uh, Peter Kadz is senior editor of WGBHnews.org and in-house sophistry detector. Thank you for being here as well. <laughs> Happy to be here. As always, we've got links to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and past episodes of The Scrum. All that good stuff is on our website. That's WGBHnews.org slash scrum. David Bernstein uh, down there in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you for being here, and good to hear your voice. Good to hear you guys. Good to take part. I I hate to be separated from the scrum. It doesn't feel good. Well, come back next time you're in town, all right? Come in person. Absolutely. All right, good. Take Uh, care, David. We have a humble request this week, and that is for you to leave a review of the scrum in iTunes. We've been doing it for about six months now. We'd like to hear and for you to tell others what you like, what you dislike. If there is anything, you can always save the harsher criticism for private communications with me or Peter Kadzis. As always, you can email us at scrum at wgbh.org. Our producer is Abby Ruzica. Special thanks to Edgar B. Herwick III for lending us his editing talents and to engineer Alan Mattis. Oh, and do not forget to email us your 2015 Massachusetts political resolution. You can find more information on our website, wgbhnews.org slash scrum. I'm Adam Riley. The Scrum is a production of WGBH News.